walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the PCOM Podcast. Hello, friends. It's Pastor Courtney here with you in this vision casting season on the PCOM podcast. And today, our scripture text that we talked about on Sunday that I preached through on Sunday is from Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. And we also learned more about the emotional wholeness piece of our vision statement that PCOM is being called to be a place that cultivates friendship and beauty and emotional wholeness. And it's been interesting as we roll this out to the congregation, hearing from so many of you that one piece or another really resonated. There are our our extroverts and our, our folks who love, love, love reaching out and gathering together. And they heard that friendship piece and they just lit up like Christmas trees. Like, yes, absolutely. This is what Jesus is calling me to. I get it. I understand. We had some of our more artistic types um, or our nature lovers who heard that beauty piece and thought, yes, yes, I can see how God is calling us to greater acts of beauty, appreciation of nature, concerts, music, painting, drawing, dancing, artistic expression of all different kinds. And then we had our folks who heard the emotional wholeness piece and said, wait, so the church, our church has something to say about my my struggles, my the difficulty in my marriage, or my struggles in parenting, or I've been in therapy for years, but I never knew therapy and the church spoke to one another. We have folks who have been through grief share and have told us that without that, they they were struggling so much to find hope. And it's this emotional wholeness piece, the reminder that the gospel is for our full selves. It's not just the get out of hell free card. It is something holistic that is to be integrated into every bit of who we are, that when God calls us to emotional wholeness, it's for our good and for the good of our neighbor and the good of the world and the good of our communities. Peter Scarzero in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, the tagline is, it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And I don't know about you, but it took me some time to realize that this was part of the gospel story. I grew up in a church that taught me the Bible very, very clearly and very, very well, but it didn't talk at all about emotional health. And so sometimes what we learn in traditions like that is we don't learn how to work through conflict. Those types of communities can become um, unhealthy in a, in a variety of different ways. They can become passive aggressive, or they can become really domineering, or they can become um, just people who struggle to work through conflict. Um, because all of those things take some emotional work to get through in a healthy way. And so as I grew up and went to college and then attended seminary, part of the training to be a pastor is something called clinical pastoral education. And I dreaded this. It was rumored to be really intensive, really exhausting, kind of traumatic. You do your clinical pastoral education 
most often in a clinical setting. So this might be a prison, this might be a hospital, this might be um, a mental health facility. And Daryl and I did our CPE program at Overlook Hospital in Summit, New Jersey. And I didn't know a lot about it going into it, but what I did know was that we would be working in the hospital, we'd be practicing our chaplaincy and pastoral skills um, on patients, and then we'd be debriefing with our group of chaplains in training and professional chaplains each day. What I didn't realize was that half of our time would be seeing patients and the other half would be dedicated to doing this deep emotional work, learning how to be emotionally healthy people. How do we work through conflict? How do we process grief? How do we minister to families who are in intensive crisis? And I did not have any of these skills. I had not seen a lot of these things modeled for me in the church. The solution, if you had a conflict, was to just get over it, just forgive and move on, which kind of shoves under the rug the actual issues for the conflict itself. You can't make progress unless you're able to sort through a conflict with someone who is the other piece of that conflict. And I remember going to my supervisor, she was this wonderful, faithful Catholic woman named Eileen, and telling her about a conflict I was having with another chaplain in the program. And she said, well, Courtney, what do you plan to do about that? And I said, well, I'm just going to avoid her. I'm just going to give her a wide berth. She's a very difficult person. There was a long pause, and Eileen said, or you could learn from this. I know that this other chaplain would be willing to work through things with you, but she has no idea that you're upset. She has no idea that she's rubbed you the wrong way. What would you like to do about it? And I'm so grateful for this program. That is just one of hundreds of examples of the ways Daryl and I both were encouraged to grow in our emotional processes. So as we talk about emotional wholeness as a church, we're going to talk about things like conflict resolution, like grief work, what to do if there's trauma in your past that you haven't worked through. Life is hard, and we will all go through a lot of emotional ups and downs. And as we begin to build some of these skills, skills for conflict resolution, skills for healthy communication, skills for the work of grief and lament and prayer, skills that don't just sweep things under the rug, but learn to speak our needs, ask for what we want, understand one another, respect each other across differences. This is heavy, weighty, beautiful, important stuff. And we will continue to grow as a community and grow as people. And I will say for for folks in my generation, I'm 41 years old, my generation and the generations below, I'm a geriatric millennial. So millennials and Gen Z, We want to hear that the church has something to say about our hearts and our emotions, that it is not just be saved and you're good, but that God wants to heal each part of us. God wants to give us the tools to have healthy marriages. God wants to give us the tools to be present, patient, loving parents. God wants to give us the tools to be good friends and good community members to advocate for what is right and good in our communities, at our school boards, in our nation. And the good news is God speaks to these things. And our church is learning in increasing ways to speak to these things. 
It's an exciting time to be here at PCOM, but what has all of this to do with the Ten Commandments? That's where we started, Exodus 20. I want to read to you the account of the Ten Commandments from the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is our favorite family picture Bible. It's really, really good for kids ages two through eight. Um, So I read it with Wilson and Felicity almost every night, either Daryl or I, and we work through these stories. And I love how it describes the Ten Commandments. And we're going to come full circle to emotional wholeness. So this is from the Jesus Storybook Bible. We've gone through the Red Sea with Moses, and the children of Israel have grumbled in the wilderness. And then Moses goes up on the mountain to hear from God, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments. Here's what happens next. God gave them rules, like don't make yourselves pretend gods, don't kill people or steal or lie. The rules showed God's people how to live and how to be close to him, and how to be happy, they showed how life worked best. God promises to always look after you, Moses said. Will you love him and keep these rules? We can do it. Yes, we promise. But they were wrong. They couldn't do it. No matter how hard they tried, they could never keep God's rules all the time. God knew they couldn't, and he wanted them to know it too. Only one person could keep all the rules— And many years later, God would send him to stand in their place and be perfect for them because the rules couldn't save them. Only God could save them. It's a little excerpt from the Jesus Storybook Bible, page 106. If you're interested in that for your kids or your grandkids, we have some copies at the the church bookstore. You can find it on Amazon. It's by Sally Lloyd-Jones and with beautiful, beautiful illustrations. So the Ten Commandments... Ten Ways to Be Perfect is the title of that little chapter in the Jesus Storybook Bible, is about our need for Jesus. And I think the simplistic way of reading that would be to say, okay, we can't keep the commandments, so don't even try. Jesus has got us, but that's not what the text is saying. The text is saying these commandments are a guide to human flourishing, to a healthy community where there is justice for all, where... You don't have to live in fear of your neighbor because they are also following this good way of God to not steal or envy or kill, where we are honoring one another and honoring the Lord. And part of the Christian life is to be found in the striving, not in the shameful, perfectionistic striving, but in the work of sanctification. And sanctification is simply the act of becoming more like Jesus holier, kinder, more patient, more loving, that as we continue to practice these things and to work toward these ends, we begin to change. Our hearts begin to soften toward our neighbors. Our eyes begin to focus on what is good and beautiful and true and kind. We begin to be changed. Part of the lesson of the Ten Commandments is to hold up this light that we can walk toward. And the light is not the rules. The light is Jesus, who says you will not follow these perfectly, but in the striving, there is grace. The muscles strengthen the more we do what is good and right. But the purpose of the commandments is not perfection. The purpose of the commandments is to create and to continue to create a beloved community. As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And these commandments are part of our guide 
We put them together with things like the Beatitudes in the New Testament, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, two halves of one whole in the story of Scripture. And I think we get ourselves in trouble when we hold the Ten Commandments to this rigid perfectionistic standard. And it isn't to say we don't have to be perfect. It's okay to murder sometimes. Not what I'm saying. But I think the lesson of the Ten Commandments is deeper than just the do this and do that. Yes, love the Lord your God. Yes, worship the Lord and serve Him only. No, do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not envy. Do not bear false witness. But the emotional wholeness piece comes in when we seek to live in this way and we fall short and our response is not to crumble to pieces. It's not to shove it under the rug. It's not to say, I have a conflict with this other chaplain, but I'll never tell her about it. I'm just going to forgive and move on and ignore. It's to say, God calls us to beloved community. God calls us to seek sanctification. God calls us to keep striving toward what is true and good and beautiful and kind. God holds up the light of Jesus and says, follow me. I will walk with you. I will be your perfection. I will give you the strength to apologize, to own your part in the conflict. I will sit with you in your grief. I will be beside you in your parenting. Let us do this together. I am coming off a week where Daryl was out of town. I was a solo parent for the week. Daryl was up at a monastery in Big Sur, and this monastery is very remote. It's very rural. There was no Wi-Fi, no cell phone service, and I really, I was just rejoicing for Daryl because it's it's hard to be constantly available. That's a part of pastoring is emergencies crop up and folks need us for various things, and we're happy to be available, but once or twice a year to be able to be freed from that, to hear from God, and to be quiet and I was, I was so grateful that he was able to take this week. And I was a solo parent all week, a solo parent and a working pastor. And in the past, what I've tried to do when this happens is just try harder. Just try harder, and I can get it all done. And it turns me into this joyless human being that is not a great parent, Because joylessness is the enemy of good parenting. And it turns me into a pastor who's pretty impatient and is looking over people's shoulders so I can get on to the next thing. And that, quite frankly, is is a bit of a disaster on both ends. It's not the kind of parent I want to be. It's not the kind of pastor I want to be. And I have a dear friend who's a pastor. She's an Episcopal priest. She lives out on the East Coast. And as I was preparing for this week and making sure, you know, I had enough to pack lunches and make meal planning a little bit easier. She said, Courtney, I just want to remind you, the key to this for you, I know you and I love you and I love your family. The key to this is not trying harder. The key to this week is to go gently, gentle with yourself, gentle with your kids, gentle with your church. And this mantra has been ringing in my mind and I have seen it threaded through these 10 commandments that I think we hear Ten Commandments chiseled in stone and we have this picture of Charlton Heston coming down off the mountain and the lightning and thunder of God. 
And none of it feels very gentle, but as you read and study these commandments, I have begun to realize that they are about the gentleness of God. This is the way to flourishing. This is the way to life. That we strive and we try and we walk this road of sanctification together. And at the end of the day, Jesus is waiting to wrap us in his loving arms. I'm a better parent when I go gently. I am a better pastor when I go gently. I'm a better friend. I'm a better sister. I'm a better daughter. Because trying harder is not always the way. So this was a little bit of a jumble for today's podcast. You will have to bear with me. Like I said, I was a solo parent last week and I'm I'm still recovering. There's only so much caffeine a person can ingest. But the kids were great and Daryl had a beautiful, beautiful time. And the Ten Commandments are a beautiful piece of scripture that can guide us on our way to a greater emotional wholeness for the glory and praise of Jesus Christ. My friends, it was so good to be with you today. Next week, believe it or not, next week is our Vision Launch Sunday, October 15th. So we invite you to join us. It's going to be a very, very special Sunday. I believe we are having burritos between services. So stay late or come early and join us for that breakfast burrito. And Jackson is going to lead us on. It is Pledge Sunday. It is Vision Launch Sunday. And next week, Dan Van Voris will be here on the pod to tell us some fantastic tales, as he always does. He brings in the history and he brings in the storytelling. And I'm just so grateful for his voice on the podcast. And I'm grateful for Jeff last week who talked about um, the, the grumbling of the Israelites and water from a stone and drew this connection between them threatening to stone Moses and God using a rock to bring them flourishing. The very weapon that they were using to threaten violence ends up turning into this gentle, gentle, beautiful story of redemption, of provision. I love, love, love having Jeff and Dan on the podcast. I learn something new every other week. So they will be back. Dan will be next week. I will be back with you in two weeks. Until then, my friends, take care, be well, and God bless. 